Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, True Rogan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We are back. I uh, had the week off last week. Sorry for no podcast. I got a bunch of tweets and emails about it. Uh, but I was traveling uh, down in Tennessee for work, actually, to meet with the new company that acquired Scout.com, CBS, and 247 Sports. So I was meeting with people down there, really for the future of USCFootball.com. So it was unavoidable. I'm sorry about that. And it was just going to be too hard to do a show from the road. So we decided to take a week off. And we're back this week. We'll do a bunch of shows. We're going to have Coach Harvey Hyde on today. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. We want to talk about the draft, where USC players want, and we want to answer your questions about spring ball and other things, all USC football, of course. If you have any questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address, or you can give us a call or text us. Just leave a voicemail or send a text to 424-254-9141. So a simpler number now. 424-254-9141. You can call and leave a voicemail or you can text us a question that you have. We're on, uh, on the web on peristylepodcast.com. That's where you can see all of our archived shows going back many, many years to 2008. Actually is when we first, first started doing the Peristyle podcast. We're on iTunes. We have our own URL there. iTunes.com slash Peristyle podcast. Love for you to go on there and leave us some positive feedback, five star rating, all that stuff. It really helps the show. We're on the Google Play, too, and Stitcher Radio and TuneIn Radio. So all over the place. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, sorry again for the brief hiatus, but work call. We had to travel, and uh, we're back now. And when I came back, I got to watch a bunch of the NFL draft, and we want to talk about that and more with Coach Harvey Hyde. Hello, Coach. How are you? Ryan, welcome home, buddy. It's always great to be back and uh, do our podcast. I look forward to it every week. Want to thank our listeners out there for joining us and buckle up and ride along with us part of the way or all of the way. I've got to say buckle up now because we have so many listeners that people tell me, Ryan, they listen to it in their car on the freeways. We get them home. We get them to work. We get them everywhere. So I want to always say that's one of my common comments. Buckle up. We'll take you part of the way. We'll take you all of the way. And we hope you have a winning day because... Every day is game day, so let's get started. It is a game day. And yes, a lot of people listen to the car. I love listening to podcasts in the car now. People go to the gym, go for a walk, wherever, um, if you're at work, whatever you got to do, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to us. I know there's lots of things you could be doing. So the fact that you would listen to us, uh, we do appreciate that. And so many of you write in and tell us all about it. Um, before we jump in about the draft, Wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. You can call them at 1-800-888-7287. Tell Curtis, the coach says hi, and you need some tickets. So if you need tickets for anything, uh, they will help you out. You want to see some baseball games, you want to see Angels, no more Clippers playoff games, so you don't have to worry about those, but, uh, NBA playoffs from around the country, anything really, uh, theater, uh, you want to go to musical, go to sctickets.com. They'll help you out and uh, tell Curtis that Coach Hyde and Ryan say hello. Um, well, I wanted to give a quick recap on the NFL draft uh, for USC. Um, so a few things that happened. 
you know, Dory Jackson, uh, went in the first round with the 18th pick to the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, my wife's favorite team, he's going down there. She already offered, uh, to, to treat him to some whole hog, whole hog barbecue on her family's farm. So I don't know if Dory responded to that yet, but she, uh, she's all in with Dory Jackson going to, uh, the Titans. He was the first cornerback, uh, the USC ever had taken in the first round, which is kind of crazy. A lot of safeties, never a corner. USC also got to 501 draft picks, so no school has ever done that before. And USC still has the most first round picks, uh, going from 79 to now 80. So Dory Jackson was the first one. That was on, uh, day one, Thursday night. Day two, yeah, Juju Smith Schuster, he went to my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, where I grew up. 67, 62nd, uh, pick overall. So I think it's a great, everyone just said it's a great situation for him. I mean, he's only 20 years old. So having a, a buttoned up organization like that, I think will help his transition. Uh, Zach Banner, uh, he was on the third day. So he went on Saturday, fourth round to the Indianapolis Colts. It was 137th pick. Um, and then Leon McQuay was next, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, in the sixth round at 218. So it was kind of a lull there, uh, for a while. Um, he ended up being the 500th, uh, pick for USC. And then Stevie Tuikolovatu, uh, fell all the way to the seventh round, which I'm a little surprised about. He was the 223rd overall pick and he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who they know something about defensive linemen. I think he'll be a good fit there. And then some guy, you know, Damian Mama came out early, didn't get drafted. He signed with Kansas City. Isaac Whitney, uh, didn't get drafted. Oakland Raiders. Jordan Simmons, he also went to the Raiders. Darius Rodgers didn't get drafted. Thought they had a chance he would there. He went to the Seahawks. Pete Carroll taking a shot at him. Chad Wheeler, uh, who's represented by Lee Steinberg, I, you know, definitely, I think he thought he was going to get drafted. He did not. He went to the New York football giants. Uh, Justin Davis gets to stay in LA. He's got signed by the LA Rams. Daquan Hampton went to the Detroit Lions. Quentin Powell to the New Orleans Saints and Taylor McNamara to the Cleveland Browns. I think that's everybody, um, that was signed. Uh, but yeah, not as, not as many drafted coach as, as maybe some people thought, but, uh, that, that's how it landed out. And USC still has records and things they can tout, which always helps recruiting. Well, you know, Ryan, uh, I don't know if we discussed it on our podcast and on other shows I did. Uh, I do a lot of other shows in different areas. People ask me all about USC and who do I think will be drafted and what rounds. It came out about what I thought. Uh, it really did. Uh, I, I thought that Banner went a little bit higher than what I would have probably thought he did. I think Adoree had a chance to go in the first round, late in the first round. You talk about him being the first corner to go in the first round. I, I think basically the combination of him being a special teams player, I don't think they necessarily took him as a corner. I think they took him as far as a football player that could make big plays. He's a playmaker type of guy. And they needed a playmaker guy, an exciting football player, and I think that's what Adoy got uh, done, and, and that's why he's in the first round. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think he went to the perfect organization. I mean, he's not going to be uh, dancing in the end zones and, and doing all the things uh, of being a, a superstar now. He's got to go become a team player. But with the Steelers, there aren't any uh, any of that. you got to prove yourself. So I think it's a great place for him to learn. He's a young kid. He's a good kid. He just needs to get away, and he needs to get into a good, solid football program, and I think that's a perfect fit. I just wonder if they ask Lynn Swan 
what he thought about him. I, I just wonder if Lynn Swan had anything to do with that. But I think that was a great fit for him. Uh, as far as Stevie T, I, you know, he was a guy that really rallied the defense last year. And uh, I think that just tells everybody why uh, the defense attacks more than hits and reads. Because when you're the best defensive leader on the defensive line and you go, you know, that late, that means that you really weren't evaluated. He's got shorter arms, some of the things they look for. But I think he's a great kid, and I think he's a great player, and I think he'll make the team. And I and I think a lot of these guys, I think Hampton and, and Whitney will both make the team. You think I'm kidding you. I, I've always said all along you can't find big receivers. Now, they didn't get drafted, but those guys will make a team. Darius Rogers, I'm not sure if he'll make the team, yet he played a lot at USC because of his speed. But he's a great player. He's a winner. He made a lot of big plays. But, you know, when you look through the draft, you look about the needs of a team and the athletic ability of what that player goes to. Does he go to a team that really needs needs his needs? And I think that's why sometimes it's better to be a free agent than it is to go in the late rounds because you can pick a team where you think you can have a shot of making it. So I think Hampton and Whitney will make an NFL roster. When you look at the first seven rounds, you haven't done a great job of improving your team draft-wise unless five of maybe the seven are going to start for you. Because it's not like recruiting a full class of 25 like in college. These guys that are taking players to develop them, they're not going to be around for those players to be developed for them to, to coach. So you've got to make sure you get the right players in an NFL draft. And uh, there's some teams I thought that had good drafts, and there's some teams I didn't think that had great drafts. But as far as USC, I don't know if I missed a player here or there that you want me to comment on, but uh, I think they all went just about where I thought they would go. Uh, and they won the Rose Bowl. And they won, what, nine or ten straight games. So that means they've got a lot of players coming back, and uh, they've got a team effort. It was a team effort. Uh, some of the people we thought that were stars, well, the NFL thought uh, Joe Dory Jackson was a star, and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster was a, a great player. But after that, there weren't a lot of high draft choices. No, there there weren't. Um, and, you know, Dory kind of slipped in there. The The most criticism I saw, or at least people like commenting on Twitter and everything, was about Damian Mama because he actually uh, declared early. He had eligibility left. He could have participated in spring football. He did not. And I guess this is uh, kind of good for our first question from Tarek. He said, should you ever leave early if you are not uh, a very likely a first round draft pick? Um, Damian Mama wasn't a pick at all. But what do you, what do you think about that, coach? Well, you know, you heard me say this on the podcast, so I'm not saying anything after the fact. I thought Mama needed another year. He just started to become a football player last year. I don't know who convinced him as far as leaving school. School. I'm not even sure he'll make a team. I, that's a terrible thing for me to say against a young kid that's a good kid. But he wasn't ready to come out. He was just starting to become a football player as far as getting a little movement losing some weight, being able to understand the game, pass block, not lunging, uh, being able to pull a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's coming out. Uh, I would 
I would say you should not come out early unless you know your first-round pick. I really don't. Now, um, you know, these kids talk to a lot of people, and sometimes they have even pressure from their families to say, you got to come out, we need the money, whatever. But an education is damn important, too. And I think that it's really important that kids evaluate the whole thing, and I'm sure that if we go back and talk to Clay Helton or if you had an opportunity to talk with him, I bet that he told Damien he shouldn't come out. Mama, he, he shouldn't have come out. But he did, and sometimes kids don't listen. I just hope he can latch on somewhere, but if I'm going to bet on it, I would say he isn't. Yeah, it's uh, the offensive line part is very interesting. And this, my kind of theory from the beginning was that Zach Banner – would get drafted just because he's so big. And there's like, it's kind of like if you have a 6'6, 235 pound quarterback that didn't have like the best production in college, but he looks like your guy. I thought that GMs would be like, okay, this guy's enormous. Like we can do something with him. Um, and you know, we're not really the same for Chad Wheeler. You could say Chad Wheeler outperformed. Um, you know, Zach Banner, if you graded out the offensive lineman, I, I think a lot of people would have. Uh, Wheeler's grades ahead of Banner's, but Banner has that kind of, you know, that there's something unique about him. And he was, you know, the biggest person out there. So there's something to be said for that. Um, but th- it's funny. I talked to some NFL scouts and none of them that no one that I talked to really were high on any of the USC offensive, offensive linemen coming out. And, you know, only one of the three end up getting drafted. So it's interesting for me, coach, because, you know, USC's got to replace three guys on the offensive line. How really good were they? Is it going to be a different looking line? They'll be a little, you know, they're not going to be as, uh, they'll be smaller guys, but, you know, maybe they'll be quicker, uh, quicker feet, not as big. Um, but I'm curious to see it kind of went the way I thought it would go. I felt like maybe Wheeler would get drafted a little bit later. He didn't get drafted at all. Um, uh, but it was, you know, a little bit disappointing. And, it, you know, they, none of them had a great combine either. There was bad numbers and stuff. So that probably didn't help, but. Um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a weird deal with this USC offensive line class where he thought three guys would get drafted and only one went. I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, there's such a thing as being too big. And I think Zach's a great kid, very academic, and he's a team leader. But, you know, uh, he just got in the way rather than block somebody. And when he faces quick people, it's going to be a whole complete different game. He had a lot of illegal procedures. A lot of things that you just wonder if he's going to make it in the NFL. They went in the fourth round. I'll tell you, when you take an offensive lineman in the fourth round, he should start. And I'm not quite sure if Zach has that ability right now. He doesn't have quick feet. Wheeler doesn't have quick feet. I think the offensive line at USC has the potential of being better next year. Because when you look at the athletic ability of the three players that left, they're not really athletic. And the replacement of some of these players that are backups or kids that are coming in, I think are better. Now, Zach was an All-American. Why? Because of publicity. Why? Because USC won, and they didn't have anybody else to make an All-American. Okay? So they pushed him. So he's an All-American. But that doesn't necessarily mean when you're an All-American that the NFL are going to take you. And I think they evaluated him about right. In fact, like I just mentioned, it surprised me he went that high. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I feel it was that potential there. We'll see. I mean, you wish them all the best. They're all, they're the fun kids to, to cover and, uh, 
Um, you know, Zach was always, you know, funny to be around and stuff. You, you certainly wish him nothing but the best. And it's fun to, you know, a lot of USC fans like to follow those careers now. Uh, so people forget about them once they leave the program, they're gone, but we try to follow them and see what's going on. And, uh, Zach's one of those guys you never forget whenever you talk to him. So, you know, hope him and the rest of the guys do well. Um, speaking on the offensive line coach, uh, would you, we have a question. Would you prefer Toa Lobendon at guard or tackle? And while he played tackle as a freshman, seems his body and playing style are more fit for a guard. Right now, I've said going along uh, the entire spring, he'll be starting left guard. He'll be the starting left guard for the Trojans. Didn't need prove, didn't need to prove anything. I watched him real close in the spring working out with the, uh, trainers and so on. He moves well. They didn't want to take a chance with him hurting himself. I think he'll be a great offensive guard. And that's will be. And, and you know, you hear me talk about the center all the time. They're going to make a change at center. They're going to get their top five players on the field. And he is one of their top five offensive linemen. And if he was to play tackle, who are they going to take off? Chuma? Somebody like that? Whoa, what are you talking about? You're going to get your five athletes on the field. You're going to have Fala and Lobanon and Chuma and uh, the other tackle. Give me some help. It's either going to be who? Uh, Smith, like, uh, Penley, uh, like Clayton Brown. Johnston, huh? you know, Chris Brown, Clayton Johnston, yeah. Or maybe a young kid coming, but it's going to be one of those guys. And uh, Johnson, I watched him be. in the spring. He was quite impressive in the spring. So we'll see what happens. But no, because I don't think uh, Johnson and I don't think uh, uh, Chris Brown, I don't think they're guards because they're too tall to be guards. They can't pull, can't get up the hole, can't run that well. Uh, so I think there'll be tackles, and I think Lobodon's going to be a guard, and that's your starting lineup right now. If you were to bet on that starting lineup, bet on it. Um, yeah, well, it's funny. The, the Colts took Zach Banner. If I'm not mistaken, they wanted him to be a guard. Is that, is, you know, is that what, uh, I believe that's what they were talking about. Well, well, that, that hasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what that, what goes on there. Um, yeah, they gotta, they're going to try to get the five best guys and put them in the best spots, but I, like, I agree with Coach. Like, Nico Fala was not going to leave center, and he was talking about tackle and stuff. That wasn't happening. Um, Jamal wrote And hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just thought of a kid. That Voorhees kid had a great spring, too, didn't he? Voorhees, yeah. He ended up getting hurt, but yeah. Yeah. Well, he had a great spring, too. And Austin Jackson, when he comes in, I mean, there's a lot of potential there. Jamal says, Coach, uh, I have watched a spring game for USC and Alabama. I've looked hard. At the sophomore classes of both schools, and they were full of All-Americans, but I'm still not seeing the physical development at USC. Do strength and conditioning coaches host conferences or events where they can learn from each other in the off-season? Jamal. Jamal, you saw one spring game in the spring. You saw <laughs> Alabama spring game, if you watch it on television you saw lsu spring game you saw south carolina spring game you saw all the southeastern conferences spring game and they didn't have a game because they had you know injuries hey you got to keep playing football even if you have injuries and uh you know that's one thing i'm really concerned with is the toughness uh, maintaining the toughness that sc gained during the season you know they became pretty physical and they really got pretty good at the end of the year and you want to keep that momentum going 
I didn't think this spring they had a real physical spring. I think the last four or five days of spring practice, they let up. Guys got hurt. I know guys got hurt, but, you know, that's the game. you got to continue getting better. I think their spring game was a wasted day. Yeah, they did field positions and different things and thud and all this and that. But you can't afford that. You know, I'd like to see Sears go against uh, Fink. Find out and let them go. You don't need to play Sam Darnold. Let them go 50 plays apiece against each other and rotate them behind each uh, different unit so they have a chance to get equal opportunity. And find out who can play 50 plays and how good they are as leaders and give them some experience and let the young players play. And You know, you always have a chance of somebody getting hurt. Guys get hurt in the weight room. Guys get hurt everywhere. So I just think that they sort of lighten up, and it really concerns me as far as maintaining the momentum that USC had at the end of the year, the toughness they started to have at the end of the year, the endurance they had at the end of the year, and they were the type of football team that I liked. Now, in the spring, they didn't do that. They never, They rotated all the time. They rotated players all the time. I know they're trying to figure out who is the best players, but you got to start getting to, you know, a routine of Sam Darnold knowing who's, who his receivers are now, not just in the fall, and who plays best with Sam Darnold. Uh, but some players might not play well with him. And the same with the backs, and I know they had backs and backs hurt and so on. But you got to find out who your players are, and I don't really know who the player is, who their tight end players are because they really didn't find out who their tight end players were. So I think it's really important that you that you have a good spring and you have a lot of hitting. And, you know, you can't hit every day because of the new NCAA rules. But I know if you're a parent listening, you're saying, hey, you know, that's not your kid. But you're not really doing your team justice. Let's go to Geraldo. He says, hello, gentlemen. I'd like to know which position groups uh, on offense and defense do you feel – will be better than the last year's team by mid-season or by the end of the 2017 season. Uh, thank you and stay well, Geraldo. That's a good one. Why don't we just go through each one, Coach, and you tell me if you think by the middle of the year it'll be better than last year or not. So, well, I hope they're better at the first of the year. You hope, okay. Um, they got, I'm going to tell you, beating Tom Herman in Texas is not a gimme. I want you to know, I don't know how many of you watched his spring game or a lot of things they did down there at Texan, but he's a real disciplinarian. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't do anything without his attention, okay? Those kids are going to play hard. They want to play USC. They want to come to Southern California. They're excited about it. I'm going to tell you, you can't, you better get ready to play early in the year. I'm going to tell you that, but you got Stanford too. So, you know, you better get ready early. Don't, let's don't talk mid to okay. season. Let's talk. Where they're going to be better at the start of the season. Otherwise, you're one and two. Okay. Well, let's say, so we're, let's assume we'll start, we'll do game three. So this will be the Texas game. So they got two games under their belt. Do you think the quarterback position will be better than it was last year by the time USC plays Texas? Well, you know, it's hard to be better than what it was last year. I'm just going to tell you right now, last year he was as, as good as it can be. I think at that time of the year, he'll be better than he was last year. All right. How about, because, I'll go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to go through the different position groups, but if you want, yeah, if you want to expand, go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to say, because last year he was just getting started. So he's played an entire season now. 
He's a more experienced guy. He's got more rhythm. He's got more respect. Uh, they're going to let him do more. So he's he's ahead of last year. Yeah, I would say that you know he'll be better. I mean, certainly. Um, how about the offensive line? Offensive line will be just as good, possibly better, because I didn't think they were very good at the start of the season. I didn't think they owned the line of scrimmage. They didn't have any rhythm, and also at the same time, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do offensively. They finally got that settled when they got Darnold in there, and I think that they'll know more about uh, what they want to do and how they're going to go about doing it. I think it'll be better. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think it'll be a little bit better. Uh, running backs. Uh, Justin Davis, I, I like Justin Davis as a football player, but when Justin was out, uh, Jones really became a football player. He's a playmaker. He's a home run type of player. Uh, I like that type of player. I like guys that make big plays or have the potential of making big plays. I mean, you might stop him on two plays in a row, but the third play is breaking for a touchdown. So I think they have the potential of being better in the backfield. I agree. I think uh, Vavai is going to be a, a big spark there, too. Um, and we don't know about Stephen Carr. What about wide receivers? Wide receivers, I have a question mark until they decide who are going to be their wide receivers. They certainly have talent there. Uh, you know, they have a lot of players returning. They just got to determine, not to mention Stevie Mitchell. I hope he comes back and he's ready to go. And Burnett, what can you say about him? Uh, he's going to be as good as there is in the Pac-12. So you got to find out who your other receivers are, and you can't mess around doing it. Got to find out right now who plays best with Sam Darnold. You can't worry about, you know, names or what they do. Who fits the system that Sam feels comfortable with? Yeah. And you've got to be able to know that. And you've got to talk to him about it, too, on who he feels he has a feel with. That, Like Burnett. He had a feel with Burnett. I mean, he knew where Burnett was, and that's why they made big plays. It wasn't by accident. He had a feel with him. They practiced a lot together. So it's the same thing as with who the two receivers are going to be that replaced Darius and, and Juju. You gotta find out who they are. You gotta talk with him about it too. And then you gotta give them a million reps. Yeah. So they start to become a unit along with the tight end who's going to be the tight end. Yeah, I think certainly there's going to be a drop off at receiver, but I don't think USC utilized the, the talent that they had last year with the three guys that signed free no. agent contracts too. So uh, no. we'll see. Uh, there, there's certainly potential there. I would tell you right now, it'd be Whitney and Hampton. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, those guys not, I mean, they could have played. They're not around, but they wasted their eligibility. Yeah. Um, and then tight ends, what do you think? I don't know. I don't think there's one clear cut one. Uh, what's the, I think that they're all, they're all in the game. I don't think they've, I don't think one separated. Uh, you normally you have a tight end separate. And you say, that's our guy. But I don't think they utilize the tight end enough to really find out who it is. They don't go to him enough. I think for a period of time uh, last year, uh, Angel Line started to come along, or how he pronounce his name, and then in the spring game he dropped that touchdown pass because he hadn't been catching a lot of balls. But uh, that, that's a big question mark for me. Big question yeah. mark. I hope it isn't a rotation uh, in the middle program there. I kind of feel it'll be Daniel and Mentor Bebe, and it'll be, uh, I think they'll be better. Um, okay, we'll try to do the defense. Uh, let's start with the defensive line. I think they'll be better. 
I think it'll be better, and I think Bigelow, if Bigelow can come back and play and be healthy, and, you know, he could have played, he could have practiced in the spring. I, I really believe he could have, but they wanted to make sure that he was ready to play, and he's got to really come back and play big. I think Fuda, uh, what's the name of the guy, 98, that's got back coming back from Long Beach, uh, Long Beach City College? Oh, Josh Fatu? Fatu, yeah. I think Josh is is good, but I don't think he's good enough, okay? And nothing against the kid and and so on. But I'm talking about being a dominant defensive line. I think you're going to see Green. You're going to see that young kid that was in there from Washington, the freshman kid, 51. Uh, I think he's going to be a part of that defensive line. And I think the kid coming in from Utah and uh, some of these other young players will be make up that defensive line. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of rotation in the defensive line early, but you can't really tell who it's going to be, but they've got talent coming in at the defensive line position. It's just finding out who can play. And uh, I think they have the potential of being as good and, I hope, better. I kind of think there's going to be a little – just replacing Stevie Tuikolovacu is going to be the hardest thing for me, I think. So I think there might be a little step back. Potential there. It's just hard to put all my eggs in the Kenny Bigelow basket. As much as we love him, we just haven't seen him, you know – have that production in college, so we'll see. No, you're uh, right. He's got to step up big. This is his year. If he didn't, he's had a free ride, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what about linebackers? Linebacker? Well, you've got one starter back. Hutchins really did, I thought, a great job last year of leadership. Uh, I think you got to find out who that other backer is going to be. I'm not sold on that right now. Yeah. I, I, right now, I'm not sold on it. Right now, I would say they're not as good. Now, I don't know. Maybe a freshman kid could come in, or maybe somebody could get better. But I don't think right now, at this point, they're going to be as good and then, as, I, as they were at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny. I kind of think overall the defense can be better this year. But when I'm looking at each position group, I'm not convinced that the groups are better. Uh, it's more about that they, are, they know the system better. Because uh, even the secondary, what, what do you think there? I mean, I think it's going to be tough to, you know, replace a Dory, but I think like a Jamel Cook could just come in and like dominate uh, at nickel or safety. But what, what do you think about the secondary? I think the secondary will be better. Uh, I think a Dory was a great player. I think he intimidated a lot of players, but he got beat a lot too. I think John Ross became a number one draft choice of the Cincinnati Bengals because of the game he had against Adore. People want to see that game. They turn it on and they see what John Ross did. And in fact, I talked to the Bengals about that. And uh, and I think Adore uh, was uh, size-wise, they took advantage of him. Uh, he played his butt off. Now, don't get me wrong. He played his butt off, but he was limited. I think Jamal Cook is you know, going to be an All-American, personally. And I think the other kid, Jones, has got to step up and become a great player. And I think that uh, Bubba Bolden coming in from uh, Bishop uh, Gorman is a great player. I think they've got other great secondary. I, I look at the secondary. they got this Tell back, Martel Tell. they got Davis. I, I think they'll be better. Yeah. I think they'll be better even with the Dory gone. Now, I'm not talking about a Dory in a special team. We're right. not talking about special team. We're talking about as a corner. Yeah, you know, I think you convinced me. I, I was close, but I think they'll be a little bit better. But it's funny. Overall, I do think there's some guys that are hard to replace on this defense, but I still feel the defense is going to play better, potentially significantly better. So 
Uh, we'll see if we end up being right. But that's a good question. Um, thanks for sending that one in. We got a couple more, Coach, and we'll let you go. We got Jim. Uh, that was, I, mean, I thought that was an interesting uh, topic there. He said, great program. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, would you say that Clay Helton is growing in his role of being a head coach in the, se- in the sense that we can expect that he will be a much better head coach in four to five years? Does he ever give the impression in what he says that one of the areas that he wants to improve the program is the area of developing talent? When Utah gets eight men drafted and USC only five, many in the later rounds, I would think that this is an area of concern. It's funny. I had a, a, a former NFL scout text me that exact same thing. He said, why is Utah getting more guys drafted than USC? That should never happen. He said, even UCLA had five drafted. Uh, neither the Bruins or Utah have USC's talent. SC seems better. SC seems to be uh, stealing Utah's best high school talent every year. Fight on, uh, Jim B. Well, you know, first of all, you got to give Clay Elton a chance. Okay, a lot of these players that are being drafted, he didn't recruit there. Sarkeesian recruited them. And uh, if you look at the Washington program, Sarkeesian recruited a lot of those players that all got drafted too, and they did pretty good. So you got to give Coach Helton a chance. I mean, he's just getting started. Uh, I mean, his first year, I thought he did a tremendous job as far as the first year head coach and the staff that was just put together and started off in a negative way and a lot of controversy, and they were able to reverse it and come back. And will Clay Helton become a better coach his second, third, and fourth, and fifth year? I certainly hope so. He has got to improve as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, just like the players do. You learn uh, sometimes the hard way in coaching. You know you should have done something this way and you didn't. You're not going to let that happen to you again. You become more at ease on the sideline, more control of the game, because you understand you're not calling the plays like you used to do, and you're able to follow the defense and the offense and, and be in charge of what you're supposed to be doing. So I think he'll become a better coach as as it goes along. He certainly has demonstrated now with the winning season that they had last year. The recruiting is a lot easier. In fact, they've got you know six recruits that are all four and five star players, but they have their choice of people waiting to see if they're going to be offered so they can commit. Now this is uh, a pretty good situation right now. Now how do you maintain that? Well, you do by continuing winning. So he's got to understand the pressure that just because you won last year doesn't mean a damn thing this year. We got one last one for you, Coach. Like, uh, oh, Nick sorry. Saban said. Oh, go ahead. All right. Oh, I, I thought you were done. Do you want okay, me to stop there? No, no. Well, you no, stopped. No, that's all right. I, yeah, so I, I thought yeah, you, you yeah, That's all right, buddy. You, you heard Nick Saban. He says it every year after the national championship game, whether they win or lose. Hey, this next year's team didn't do one thing with the success of this year's team. It's got to be what these guys do next year. And we're going to start working on that tomorrow. And I think that's that's why I was a little bit concerned this spring as far as uh, uh, not – not it was a little soft. And I don't know, Ryan, if you agree with me or not. That's fine. But I thought the spring game was a wasted practice. Uh, what you accomplished there, I don't know if it was worth going out there. I know I talked to people that attended, okay? And here's what they tell me. To be charged $10 or whatever it is, $15 or $15 for parking and $10 to get in the game. You know what they call it? A ripoff. Because they go there to watch football. The strong Trojan football fan wants to see football. And if you're not going to have it, then, you know, adver- well, they did advertise it. They weren't going to do it. Now I don't want to get on him. On not, this. not until late. Like, that's the problem, is it? He earlier in spring said it was going to be a game. And then it became like, a, well, it'll be controlled and they'll keep score. 
And then by Thursday before the game, before the, well, yeah, before the final practice, he said there wasn't going to keep score. Like there was just too many injuries. He, he, you know, so yeah, it was kind of a late addition. I get late change, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was, it, it was, but uh, you, you, you still got to have it. Like I said, you got to develop the quarterbacks. Who's number two now? I'd say it's Fink, but why not give him 50 plays under the fifth, both of those guys, 50 plays and you switch him one with his twos and threes and you know, back and forth. Let them play. And against the defensive players, let them play. You gotta play to become a football team and a football player. And if the guys are hurt and you see that they're, that they're playing football, you know, it's amazing how quickly somebody gets well when someone looks pretty good. I used to always say that the guy would say, hey, coach, I'm well now. I'm ready to play because they think about losing their position. So, you know, you, you can't get that feeling that, hey, I'm, I'm a starter no matter what. I don't like that feeling. I, I, I like people to sort of worry about their job. And want to get back in and practice. Well, the, uh, the job this summer is going to be coach for the team to get better in their offseason workout program. And our last question has to do with that. It says, what's the most important, uh, improvement the offense and the defense respectively can make through the summer workouts? Well, you know what I say about that. First of all, let me answer that question. They didn't answer the Utah question. Why Utah had more drafted players than, than, uh, USC is because they had an older team and they had more players that were in the draft and were available. Okay, that's why. They had eight, so that's the way it is. Joe, you know, Williams, the running back, and these guys, and they had some great offensive linemen and so on. So they got them drafted. Had a great safety that was senior, so they got drafted. Now, what's the biggest improvement that can have in the summer? Get nobody hurt. I really mean that. I am not in big favor of going on the field, having seven-on-seven, doing all those type of things out of pads. Kids get carried away. They try to be careful. I like players to not burn out. Uh, they got to have some time out. They're, they're still working out with weights. They're still doing all these different things. They're trying to rehab. I like to see them put their head in the whirlpool for a while and just clear out a lot of things and be ready for football and be a, anticipate going on the field and want to go on the field than to say, I'm tired of football before we get started. So, yeah, you can get better offensively and defensively by reviewing, maybe not have a ball, review all the formations, the coverages, the reads. You can go through things. But running the football against a defensive line that's, you know, moving around, somebody falls on somebody wrong and it blows out his knee and, you know, USC has had that problem a couple times in the summer as far as losing players. So, to me, I think that's overrated, okay? Now, others don't feel it is. Now, for young players coming in that haven't practiced at USC, I think it's great for them. They learn the terminology. They walk to the read so that when practice starts, they understand it more. They know the snap count. They know the formations. They know all of that. So, I think I think you got to be careful. Conditioning, I think, is important. But, again, camp is where you get in shape, too. You can't be in tip-top shape all year around. You burn out. Your muscles just can't take it. So, uh, you know, and they're carrying around a lot of weight, a lot of these kids. So I think you've got to let your body recover. Talk to a doctor. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Talk to anybody that says, you got to rest your body some. And uh, you as uh, a guy that works out, Ryan, you know that. 
So, you know, this is my thought. Just don't get anybody hurt. Get well. Be strong. Look forward to football. Learn, teach the new kids what's coming in. Have everybody ready to practice and want to practice. Yeah, ample rest is never a problem for my workouts, Coach. i got to get the, wor- the more workouts in. i got plenty of rest between workouts. <laughs> okay. Uh, <just> needed- <laughs> uh, all right, well, hey, great stuff. Um, glad we could come back. The draft is always fun to talk about. and uh, We'll be able to do that next year. We'll see what happens there. But um, good stuff. We'll, we'll start watching these summer workouts when, you know, finals are – I think finals are starting now on campus or they're about to. So it kind of a, a little bit of lull for the student athletes and they'll kind of get back at it and get to the workouts and everything. But great stuff as always, coach. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Sure. Do you ever get tired a little bit knowing that you have to go to practice all those days? Can you imagine how the players feel? How about you? I'm asking you, would you like a break a little bit rather than go to practice every day? Sure. I always like, I always like breaks. I'm, I'm, I'm a big uh, break that, guy. Well, that, that's <laughs> the same thing players like. Go on a vacation with your family. Take a week if you can go with a family. Go somewhere. Enjoy yourself. Have a little time off. Let your muscles recover and your ligaments. And Maybe you'll drop off a little bit, but so what? You've got to sometimes let your body heal. And I think that's uh, one thing that I'd make sure of uh, in, if I was a coach at any any football program. Well, we'll let you heal up, Coach, and we'll do another show next week. How about that? Um, that sounds really good. All right. Sounds good. Well, Coach, thanks so much. Make sure you guys follow him uh, at Coach Harvey Hyde on Twitter. You can follow me at Inside Troy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show again. Sorry for the uh, lack of shows last week. We'll be back hitting it this week, uh, doing more shows. We'll get Dan Weber on. We'll probably talk some other stuff, too. Maybe a special guest. Uh, a friend, uh, we have a common friend coach, Colin Cowherd. He, he actually asked to come on the podcast. So people have asked about him. So we'll try to get him on. So if you have a question for Colin Cowherd, send those in too. Uh, email us podcast at usafootball.com. We, we should have him on here at some point. Uh, but he's, I ended up watching some of the drafts with him and uh, he had talked about coming on the show. That'll be great. That'll be great. Uh, and also I just want to say this. I, I'm doing podcasts, too, on my website as far as, you know, NFL draft and different things. And if you go to HarveyHyde.com, take a look at it. Maybe there'll be something on there you like to listen to. Ah, check it out. I've got, I've got to subscribe to that one now, Coach. Uh, Harvey no, Hyde. there's no subscribing. Just there's to, no, it's a comp. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. All right. It's a full free baby, okay? No, but I mean, like, you can subscribe with iTunes and stuff if it's on there. But I'll check oh, it out. Oh, anything you want to do, buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll check it out. Um, well, thanks, Coach. Follow him again at Coach Harvey Hyde, or his website is uh, HarveyHyde.com. I am Ryan Abraham, publisher of USAFootball.com. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.